0: What up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lao Times Podcast. Fellas, fellas, not the greatest of feelings, obviously, but we're here. We're here to discuss. Um, got my friends once again. Lou in the house. How we doing, brother?
1: What's up, guys? It's great to be back chatting up with you guys.
0: Absolutely. I wish I could be in in, in much better mood, Lou, to, to speak to you, but... We'll get through it. We'll definitely be able to uh bring out some positives here on the pod. Dennis, what's up, my friend? I'm full. Just had a very good dinner. So my man. Love that. And Edgar, double L Nation in the house. What's up, brother? How we
2: doing? Great to be here with you guys tonight. Obviously not in the best mood, but still happy to be with the community always. Absolutely.
0: And I think that that's where we'll start it off, guys. I kind of want to start off what was probably the most upsetting thing obviously, losing the championship to America um, uh, on Sunday night and, you know, not being able to get the back to back. I don't know. Any volunteers to get their rant off their chest as far as this game went?
1: Should we start with Fulgencio?
0: <laughs> Go no, ahead, God,
1: I know we always need a scapegoat. No, we always need somebody to blame. And and in this case, it's Fulgencio. I mean, the game plan was there, right? I mean, we talked about it in the pod last week. We said, make it a low scoring. Don't get into a shootout. If, if this game goes into PKs, it's in our favor because we got Nahuel. And everything was lining up for that. I mean, I don't know how you guys felt, but as that game was nearing the 180th minute, it felt like this is going into PKs for sure. And it just, Fulgencio coming in just ruined everything. And I mean, I hate to put so much blame on a 23-year-old kid, but he he really did mess up the game plan. I mean, there's no way you can argue that playing against, uh, you know, 11-man team versus 10 is not a disadvantage. You know, it, it definitely hurt us quite a bit.
0: Especially with a team that talented, I think you can get away with a team that maybe is not as stacked and obviously it's a championship. So the best team is probably or one of the best teams it's in the final. So I think that the even the advantage is it's a lot more stretched out um, to the the team that has more men. But yeah, great points. Uh, Anybody want to add to that? Any other aspect that which they were upset um, about the game? I mean, I was upset
3: about, I mean, we just talked about it before we clicked record. I was upset about the subs, really took the rhythm out of the game, like kind of kind of a ballsy uh, decision to start OCL and then to take him out after 60 minutes, which is kind of odd because I thought he really was like helping our rhythm going. And then I know Lainez and Cordova didn't have the best of games, relatively speaking, especially considering the circumstances. They're back at Azteca. They're playing their former team in the second leg of final. I think it was kind of starting to show a little bit at how they played. But then you bring on, obviously, Fulgencio. We just talked about him. Even Vigon wasn't even that great. Like, we were talking about it in our group throw the other night. Like, Marcelo made so much sense in this scenario, especially to take on their fullbacks. And I know it's such a, you know, that's an intimidating, you know, thing to get thrown into for however how young he is 20 years old not even 20 but that would have been cool you know because I think he would have caused uh, the and Kevin Alvarez and the other fullback a lot of trouble um and so that that was a little annoying because we just talked about it uh Siboldi's been incredible with substitutions like most of his time here and this is the one game where it just didn't work. And it just so happens to be the second level of final. And it's like, you just kind of have to shrug your shoulders and be like, well, there's not much else you can do. He tried, you know, but there's not much else you can do. It also didn't help that he binds you. like he got sick or something, apparently, like right before the game. And I think that threw everything off because honestly, I think if he's not the, like if he's fine. He probably comes in and they play the 4 4 2 that they did second half of Thursday night, or even he starts ahead of Guignac. Because even like you could tell Gignac wasn't even 100% either. So I think just a whole lot of just outside circumstances didn't go in our favor either.
1: And, and I'll say that in defense of Siboldi, of, uh, it was kind of a string of unfortunate events yeah, there towards to the end. Uh, Absolutely. Ibanez, Ibanez getting kidney stones like the day. The night before the, the big game, I mean, that's just, I mean, bad, bad timing. And then in, in his defense, I'll say Liness looked like he was slowing down. I don't know if he was Him gassed. Him and Cordero
0: were gassed. gassed I think. Yeah, they, yeah they,
1: they just looked like they weren't running anymore. To me, they looked like they were taking plays off. And I think there was a legitimate concern there that they weren't covering their their spots anymore. So I'll I'll say that in his defense. However... Bringing in Luis Quinones when he clearly wasn't fit to me was not a good idea. That was idea. the worst decision.
0: That was the worst decision he made. All do night. You, th- you do you think he would have rushed Luis Quinones in if Nico Iwanysh was available? I don't no, think so. No. Yeah. So I I, I kind of agree with you about the series of like events that kind of were unfortunate because right before we 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 started recording, I was mentioning that I don't think soccer wise I can complain too much I think the game plan like you said Lou was there and even from the get-go of the first half man from the first few minutes to the end of the first half to the second half I thought the he played a very intelligent game and we had a couple of chances that Gignac shot I mean if he scores that that's our championship there's no doubt about it that doesn't go in not that you know obviously it was a very tough shot to make but if that goes in, I don't think the championship gets taken away. The the Carioca shot, the header that Gignac had in the first half. So I think there was a few things. And like you said, Ivanya's not being available to me. Luis Quinones, I think Sivoli felt rushed to play him because he knew he knows that he's somebody that he trusts that was able to perform throughout the season. But I mean, his effort was not there and it may have been due to the injury may have been due to the moment, like, who knows? But I, I think that the the series of unfortunate events and then the, the suspension or, or the red card, I'm sorry, uh, completely, like, turned every possibility of that being our championship, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, you held the best offense in the league to only five shots and go in 180 minutes, man.
0: Bro, I where mean, was... Game,
1: game two, they were, their XG was at less than one for game two at their house. You know, I mean, we were, we just, we were playing well. I mean, I know a lot of people criticize, oh, we were too defensive, this and that, but we were playing smart, you know, and, and it was right there for us. I mean, to me, the only regret I'll have is that FLOTUS didn't get enough minutes. I feel like he would have been a game changer. I'm I'm with Dennis on that. I think he, he would have, he would have brought something different. I know it's a big moment for a kid, but the kid that I think has it. And so to me, that's the one regret I have about the whole
2: thing is not giving that kid minutes. There's Especially, something about him. There's something about him. I feel like he plays with a lot, like, I don't want to say, like, carefree, but without any pressure. Like, despite the fact that he's really young, Swag. he's just so con- concentrated, and, you know, you despite the fact that, yeah, it's a final, yeah, there is a lot of pressure surrounding you, I feel like he just plays so would have played so effortlessly.
3: And he's our best dribbler <laughs> at, like, 19 years old or 20 years old. That's what Perfect. I
2: was gonna say. The confidence too, of like, I mean, he's
0: trained with the best in Europe. Um, you know, Gignac spoke very highly on him on that recording or Twitch stream that he had with Chicharito and Oribe Peralta. So I think that it would have been great. Now, who knows what would have happened if he plays him? But at least you know, you know where you would have gotten at him. And he would have gone at the fullbacks and without hesitation. You know, he was not gonna play the ball back. He's he's he would have gone straight at him.
1: I mean he's definitely better than Kignones, who looked like he was at sixty percent or, or less. Less.
3: I didn't see him yeah. run the entire time he came in. <laughs> like at all.
0: Yeah. I like I said, I think that partial Sewoli fault, obviously, because he makes the calls, but I think it's just a series of, of events that led to not getting the championship. Um how do we feel about um, Gignac, you know he 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 didn't. I mean, I just I don't want to call him out that he didn't show up, but the 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 miss that he had um, on the header, that header that that that's he puts that away easily any other time.
1: He, Gignac to me hasn't been the same in like I don't know, man. Over a year, I feel like I feel like he doesn't have the confidence he used to have. He, he still, you know, worries center backs. I feel like center backs still respect him, but he just doesn't have that killer instinct that he had, you know, a year ago or so. There's something going on mentally that that he that's still lingering there from the Chima, Chima Ruiz era and before that. You know how we went on that scoring drought and nobody could score and then Cordoba picked it up and it kind of – I feel like Cordoba picking it up masked a lot of the issues that he was having and then Nico just kind of picked up the slack this season a little bit with with some plays and i feel like that's kind of been masking an underlying issue with Jinyak that that it's more mental than i think
2: physical but how many goals did he have this season was it 10 or 11? 11 11 yeah.
3: which is like that's a that's a good number for him at age 38
1: <laughs> yeah and it sounds weird that i say that cuz he he did score but i just feel like he doesn't have his groove i don't know i don't know how to explain it it's that header. There's no way he misses that, you know.
0: And 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 you're right. Like physically, I don't think he looks bad. I If anything, I think he looks better than when he was running around when he first arrived because he's all over the pitch now. Whenever he first arrived, he was more closer of a poacher. Obviously, was still able to do things out out, out wide, but I think that his physical presence is still there to where sometimes he's running a lot more than some of the subs that come in and play only like 20 minutes. So. I think you're right. I think it might be mental. Um, Maybe it's something off the field. Obviously, there's a lot of rumors circulating in the playoffs, but you know, obviously, that never got to a place of uh, that anybody pushed it to where it could have been true. But who knows? Maybe there is something at home going on. The dude might just be tired. I mean, he might. You know, there there were talks about that he might need like surgery after um, that injury that he had. That he was just going to write it out. I'm. I'm never really. I don't know what type of groin injury it was, but or how severe it was. But I know that there were talks or rumors that he might have surgery. But I think that he definitely, not that he needs to do more, but I think that the balance moving into next season has to be a lot more present with him and Nico Ibanez. I think that strategically, I think that the the coaching staff has to do a better job of selecting one of the forwards for specific games, especially if, you know, turn, quick turnaround, um, La Altura, you know, playing in either, either Toluca, Pumas, America games, Puebla, uh, some of that issues have to come into play, especially with what Nico Ivañez gave you, you know, this season off the bench.
3: I also the only think. Thing I'll too... say,
1: go ahead, go, go ahead, Dennis.
3: No, I was going to say just really quick, I will say second half on Sunday, I just, I felt like he was invisible per se because of what we just talked about with uh, Lainez and Cordova. They were gassed. And like, those were the guys that were really driving like service to him and obviously Carioca some, but really Sebastian and and Guignac, like that service has to be there. And the fact that they were just exhausted, it it just kind of like made Guignac like not there either. And that's, you know, unfortunate because you kind of need those, those two younger guys to be able to provide. And that just didn't happen towards the, Towards the second half.
1: Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just gonna, I was gonna say that our our winger play was not not great this year. Games. It's very just dis- very disappointing. We yeah. got We got very little productivity there.
0: Which it's very positive because, or well, when what I mean by positive is that with the additions of Juan Bruneta. Uh, the exit of Fulgencio, like there has to be another winger coming in. And that's whether Quiñones stays, Quiñones leaves. Um, If you're going to get rid of a winger, another winger has to come in, especially if you didn't give the the playing time to Marcelo Flores. But I think overall, with the addition of Juan Brunetta, I think that we're going to receive a lot of positives because you have now, if Córdoba was having a bad stretch of games, who else was going to come and replace him if Osiel was hurt, which happened this season, right? And that's the position that, for the most part, Ciboldi wants to play him at. But he can also slide out wide if he needs to. But I think that for the overall majority of the games that we had, the offense up top was a lot of free-flowing, a lot of movement, and I think that that's where it became non-existent in, in this game. But I also think that it has to do with the, with the opponent that we played. But... Adding Juan Brunetta is only going to increase the level of Diego Lainez, Osir Herrera, Córdoba, because now you have players that or a player that can come in and take over being the best player this past season with the goal production that he had, the assist and the goals. So I think that the balance and the depth is going to go back to how we were when Diente Lopez was around, but Brunetta having a lot more sacrifice to be able to play you know, more three-quarters of the field up as opposed to Diente having to be closer to the box and, you know, not waiting more for the ball. So there's some positive there. Um, Obviously, there's some other positions that we're probably going to have to, you know, get better at. I don't know what you guys think, another position that we possibly might get there.
2: Well, I've got another player in mind, Chuy Garza, who at one point played up top. Uh, do you guys think he gets another shot up there? I mean, in the chat earlier, I talked about loaning him out if you're not going to use him. I mean, Aquino clearly has a chokehold on that position in the back.
0: Yeah. Man. It seems
1: like Under Woldy just hasn't gotten too much of a shot. I, even in I, the friendlies. Dude, you know? Did
0: you? he was even dressed. He was in like sweatpants. I didn't even, he wasn't even like yeah. se- selected for the final. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there, but and, he's, and, he's not getting a, ch- a shot. And you're loaning out Loroña now, which that is odd to me because I don't understand why you loan him out. Maybe it's just the salary aspect, uh, but you're loaning him out and you're loaning out Fulgencio. So you're getting rid of a right back and you technically don't have a left back to back up Angulo. So I think to me, those are probably our weakest positions at the moment because at at the center back, you can argue we can get another center back of a more high caliber um, to come in and, and be the best defensive player. Because I think, as of right now, our best center back is still Guido Pizarro. And that's only because Samir had injuries. He was inconsistent or bad form. Diego Reyes, injury, bad form here and there. Guido was the most consistent, but not a true center back. And so then outside of that, you got Angulo and Aquino as a toss-up for best defenders. And then you got rid of their backups, or a backup in this case, Loroña.
3: Yeah, that that's what makes it tough is that just the depth, not just at center back, but across the the back line, kind of got a little bit exposed uh, recently, especially center back. Another unfortunate event is Samir getting hurt uh, at yeah. the in game one of this series because just clearly the difference between him and Reyes, who I, I thought Reyes wasn't even horrible per se on Sunday. It's just that he gave like. I know we, we had Except our, our goal. Right, He's exactly. <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, uh, shout out our boy Woods, because I know he was very, uh, he was very hyped up about that. Not in a good way. Um, Talking about that, about him being kind of, you know, a deer in headlights and, and not in the right spot and, and making just a, a bad football IQ decision. You kind of need somebody else to, to, to be in there to be tough and to, you know, have a little bit of pace too, because you've got, you know, so many great attacking talents in the league that a lot of them rely on pace and our center backs are are not particularly young and they're not very, uh, you know, fast either. So hopefully bringing in somebody, I don't know who, but somebody that's a younger and who's not afraid and, you know, can keep up with those, you know, the guinones of the world and, whoever else in the league. Like, I think that that goes a long way. And just somebody to to be consistently there that's healthy and and all that, I think would go a long way. But it, it is odd. It seems like the front office is there's a there's a lot going on that we don't know if, you know, we're getting rid of backups to certain positions and, and, and two days
0: that. after the final, which yeah, that, that's very,
3: very quick,
0: quick and you know great at the same time, because uh, there's a lot of, you know, planning that's going on while the season is going on, because Vladimir Garcia came out today and said that Fulgencio has been going on for a few weeks, and so has Loroña. But Loroña, I saw the rumor with Edgar Martinez, who also is pretty credible as far as uh, covering the team. Um, he had mentioned Bravos, uh, Juarez, mm-hmm. so it, now it was Santos. But I think, you know, it's part of the negotiation with Caicedo and uh, Brunetta, and obviously throwing Fulgencio and Loroña. But I, I think it's more of a, relationship based negotiation than actually like throwing in to offset the price of Brunetta. Right. So Lou, any, uh, any other spot in the, in the, on the field that w- would be looking at, would you be looking at to, uh, possibly add or make an addition?
1: I'd be getting rid of Luis Quinones right now. He's what? 32 now. About to be 33, if you wait any longer on him, you're not going to get anything out of him. You got to get something out of him a deal, a trade, something in conjunction. So, if I get rid of Luis Quinones, I'm bringing in an elite winger, which I think we need. I mean, yeah, Liness Liness really disappointed me this series. I feel like he shied away from you called the, it wrong, you manifested it. Yeah, I feel bad now because. <laughs> Well, what what really hurts is that America was playing with two old fullbacks. Two really old fullbacks. And how do you not attack that? The That was their weakness. That was their biggest weakness. We knew the midfield was going to be back and forth. They have two really good mids. We have two really good mids. We were going to go back and forth with them. And that was the play. Attack the wings. And they outplayed us on the wings. Like Quiñones was slightly better... At his job than Lainez was. I mean, he, you know, Quinones was generated more chances. He attacked more. He he pursued it more. He had more touches, and that's that really hurt me. And so I, I'm I'm like, man, we have to go after either a natural right winger or a natural left winger. So one of them, one of those wingers has to be elite. I mean, top top of the class.
0: There's a player out in LA looking for a new contract.
3: Name is number number ninety nine. His name is. Bawanga? I like one of those, please. Hey, 10 million. That's doable.
0: Back I think up that's the bus doable with some money.
3: That's doable to me.
0: 10 million mil. uh 10 million signing fee, 4 million dollars a a year?
1: Will they take Quiñones on a trade and reduce that 10 mil down a little bit?
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like Quiñones does have some market in the MLS though. Yeah. Oh yeah, he'd he would
3: take up a, a DP spot
0: somewhere real quick. Him, I saw also Leon rumored, but, you know, I think at this point we're just going to hear whatever people want to say about Luis Quiñone. They just want him out. <laughs> but I, th- I think you're right, Lou. I think, you know, it's kind of like the same scenario where I was six months ago with Diente Lopez. You know, great if he stays, but if you can find a replacement um, to come in and spend the money now and sell him, it's it's the best scenario. I think he gave us everything that he could have gave us already. Um, I think that you have some youngsters like Linus and Marcelo at, at, at the left wing position. Have Oseel and Córdoba who can slide out. Um, Brunetta now who can also slide out. And maybe, like I said, bring an elite winger. I don't, there's not too much Mexican talent out there that you could bring. I saw uh, Fernandez Givel who also uh, covers uh, transfer mentioned we're in the push between America for Artiaga, but I think that anybody's going to make a push for Arteaga right now because not getting a playing time in uh, Belgium. So not necessarily other rumor or Mexican player that we could truly bring in to, to, to start for us at the winger. So you got to go international.
3: And why yep, not bring in the golden boot winner from MLS?
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, How do we feel about the season, guys? If you uh, give me a rating of, you know, obviously we lost the championship, but what would you score the season for Tigres uh, in the last six months?
1: I'd be at a nine for the season and a 9.5 for the year. If you take into account what the women did as well, I think you, you know, you rounded out a pretty decent year. I mean, if, if you were to told me at the beginning of the year, we'd be going battling for two, two titles back to back, I'd sign up for it. I mean, it's it's a disappointing result, but really we were, we were about 30 minutes away from the championship. And, you know, if we had, we stayed 11 versus 11. I, th- I mean, we have a reason to be disappointed, but I think uh, we as a collective know we're going to be back next season. Yeah, for
3: sure. Yeah, I'd probably say 9.5 for the whole year. And I like approaching it from that angle, too, of, like, think about the year that we've been through as a team, as an institution. It's been a roller coaster, okay? Like, going back to January, the Coca stuff, Chima, Siboldi, all that happening happening in rapid succession. Coming out with a championship, winning the Campionas in June going on a pretty decent run in League's Cup could have been better, but, like, pretty decent for the circumstances, winning Campeones Cup in L.A. And then, like Lou said, being not too far away from the B. It's pretty good, man. Like, that's not... If you if you would have told me in February that this was going to happen, I would be like, you're crazy. But, like, <laughs> here we are. Like, th- this has been a, a really, really great year um, for for everybody. Um, and like you, you mentioned too, like the women's team, like getting their campeón on the campeonas, And then obviously getting the, the championship that they just had a couple of weeks ago on top of getting to play Barca and Madrid in our home. Like there's just a lot, a lot of good things that have happened this year um, for, for the last six months, I'd probably say like an eight, you know, cause you get two trophies out of it. You started off with a trophy. You got one in the middle. Um, you got to a final, again um obviously not winning it brings it down a little bit and I think if we had gone a little bit deeper in league Cup too that would have been nice and probably would have brought it up for me um but overall it's been that's been a really great year I don't think we can comp- complain too much about 2023 as far as where it stands
2: in the history
0: Badger anything you want to add any score any thoughts on your behalf
2: I mean, I agree with you guys. Definitely, overall, it was a good year. Uh, I would rate it 9 out of 10, just like you guys, Uh, which is funny. I think we did hit one of our lowest points in a very long time when we sacked Chima. We brought in Siboldi. A lot of people, myself included, just felt very unsure about what the outcome of that would be, but it takes a lot of guts to make that decision, to go through three coaches in one season, and... I don't think many other institutions would have done it. I'm very thankful that we did. And I'm thankful that we made the right decision there. As far as Ibole goes, I'm very happy with his work. I know he's got six months left on his contract because he only signed for a year, but I definitely see him staying for a lot longer.
0: Yeah. I feel like that he's a great leader and he's someone that you can count on to, to motivate the players, has the presence to lead the players Um has an excellent tactician like we talked about it last uh, week on the pod with Fuentes. Um, So I think the coaching staff is strong. The roster is strong. I think at the most you make three additions and really, you know, Dennis, you, you made a, I don't know if it was last week or the week before that, you know, mentioning somebody like Fierro, if he actually is going to be a contributor to this, you know, project moving forward. Um, if not, you know, start looking for somebody or scouting at least to somebody that can come in and take Carioca spot. Um, are we going to find it in the league? Are we going to find it in South America? Uh, who knows? Obviously, but I think that don't forget he, about
1: Pizzuto either.
0: P- oh, wow. Yeah, dude. I even haven't heard his name in a while. Yeah.
3: Well, cause he's been hurt and like <laughs> played so bad in the friendlies. Like, do you guys remember how horrible he was in the classico in Houston yeah. in October? He He's he was, always been injured. awful. Yeah.
2: How yeah. old is he? Like 20,
0: 21. Yeah. Super young. Yeah. So I think that, you know, this upcoming season, I think another, you know, more time under Boldi to let him work, shape the roster a little bit more in the way that he wants it. And the coaching staff, I think it's going to get us to more. I don't want to say stable because we are stable, I think at the moment, but I think on a more, get more clarification where his actual project is going forward with, with the, with the club, whether it's for the long run, maybe for, you know, two years, three years at most, but we'll see as we make these additions that are going to be coming in, in the next few weeks. And obviously next summer as well. Um, I want to talk about a little bit of some of the, you know, things that happened this season. Uh, Favorite goal, favorite goal uh, this past season. Uh, Favorite moment, perhaps. And anything that you may have disliked besides the championship, obviously.
1: I'll go with my favorite goal, the Ibanez uh, bicycle kick. I think that one's uh, pretty fresh in my mind. And it's also been one of the the nicer goals we've seen
2: in a while.
0: Yeah, can't argue there. Edgar?
2: For me, it was Gignac's goal in the Clásico. I mean, I know it was just a penalty, but the fact that I was there and history was made that day my number one moment love that Dennis
3: I think if Lou hadn't taken Ivanius's, I would have said him so just to be different I'm gonna say Angulo's from the semis in the first leg because that was a cracker of a goal
0: I honestly uh I mean those are great goals that you guys mentioned but uh the Marcelo Flores in the Chivas game uh, that's one of my favorite games I, I think that it had been a very long time since Tigres made soccer very practical and easy. And I think that game showed a lot for it. I think Tigres never struggled, had great moments, had great chances created. And even the youngster was able to score on a, on a difficult shot or a difficult play, I should say. The pass that led to it, the transition out of the back into, um, was it Ibanez who assisted him? Yes, I think, yeah, Imanis assisted him, but the pass before that, that transition was beautiful. I think that, um, uh, that was one of my favorite goals, and I think moments, um, I think just moving to another championship, even though we didn't lose, I think that it solidified for me as like we were kind of talking before the pot. I think I'm, I haven't been this confident about the club in a long time to where I was obviously upset about the loss but I I was able to get quickly over it because I know that the team will be back in six months fighting for that championship again. In that final, we got the Conca coming up. The board looks confident, looks like they know what they're doing. Culebro has made excellent moves and acquisitions over the last year. And I think that the club in general is striving towards something huge. And I think that, you know, every month, every, every little milestone that we're hitting, whether it's on the marketing side, whether it's through the fan base, whether it's through a new acquisition, whether it's through a, a game for the Femenil, the Femenil Championship. I think that the club is working towards truly establishing themselves as top tier in Mexico, and I think that this, you know, 2023 definitely proved that by winning the championship with the comeback against a popular team like Chivas on the road. Being in the championship against America and having the entire country, uh, you know, be torn apart because it's like who do you root for—the team that you dislike that the whole country dislikes, or the new team that everybody started to dislike because it's winning a lot of cha- uh, championships recently, has had the best two players in the last ten years of the league, and arguably some of the best players in general. So I think that to me, that's what probably was my favorite moment—is that Tigres has truly established themselves as. A powerhouse in mexico and truly now and you know coming over in the states
1: in sports i i tend to go for all the losing teams and and i won't name my teams uh just to protect the innocent but my football teams never won a super bowl uh my baseball team took like 32 years to win a, a world series you know just a bunch of losers everywhere but in basketball i go for a powerhouse and i won't name them just so i don't get any hate on twitter but uh Every time they lose, I know, like, ah, eh, it's all right. Like, they're just going to reload and they'll win another championship soon. And I feel like Degades is at that moment now. Like, it's crazy because 20 years ago, there's no way I would have been saying this. And, I like, after a big, big loss like that, I would spend days and days just going over the plays and just torturing myself. Like, what should we have done differently and this and that? Because I knew we wouldn't get an, another opportunity for, like, a long time. And with Tigres, we're at that point where I just like, ah, we're gonna reload and we're gonna be great and we're probably gonna win in next season. And it's nice to be in that position now, be one of the the powerhouses of the of the league, not only in the men's side but the femenil as well, which is, you know, a huge uh, huge privilege. And I think eventually the the men's side will be just like the femenil. We'll get to that point where every season we're we're battling for it and we're winning a lot more than we're losing.
0: And it's and gonna so be tough I'm, to I'm criticize them. Really
1: so it's, I mean, it's great to be under, you know, good hands, good leadership. Absolutely. I'll add for, for my moment, a, a funny one is uh, Nahuel miming during the penalty shootout. If you guys remember that, that was yeah. hilarious. I think he that was one out. of the big moments. Yeah.
0: Dude, and then he had uh, another moment with hiding under the tarp. That man <laughs> just knows how to be in the oh, spotlight God. so much.
1: <laughs> and, you know, Bleacher Report and everybody was on it, like, you know. The men in blazers and you know it's it's good publicity man i mean
0: yeah publicity,
3: i'll tell you my oh, my favorite moment might be when carioca schooled uh canales in the classical that might be my favorite like in-game moment that wasn't a goal all season like just like the the pure class that he showed there was was so sick <laughs>
2: I recently saw that picture on my phone where Canales is on the floor, and I want that printed, and I want a very big poster of that.
0: <laughs> Which leads me into that's a good uh, a prompt, uh, Dennis. Who was the best player? Uh, I want to see six this past season that we just ended, and then all 2023.
3: Wow. Great question.
0: I'll start. 20... No, I'll yeah, start just better. because I think this past season, for me, definitely Carioca took the All the accolades. I think that he stood out more than he has in a very long time, and I think it just obviously comes down to what Siboldi was able to ask of him. You know, with the coaching staff, and I think all the 2023. I think I'm going to go Cordova. I think that you know the championship to me means a lot. Um, And then you know he had his bad stretches here and there, but it was able to you know push us through Puebla. Had some, you know, had the assist in the final against Osiel. So I think, you know, got his the spotlight back to go to the national team, even though he doesn't really play. But I think, to me, he was the best player in 2023.
1: Can't argue with that. The The thing with Carioca that was really impressive this season was just how he took control of the team. Uh, I know he's not the captain or anything, but he took control of this team in a very quiet, subtle way. Uh what he did in the final, I think not a lot of people have mentioned it, but he, he shut down Valdez. Bro,
0: my tio was like he was like on, on this test, you know, he obviously used some cursors, but he was like, On this americanismo, Valdez, you know, all goals, like nothing. Like it was and it goal. wasn't
1: Valdez being bad, it was Carioca being really, really good at his job. Yep. just really quietly. He took the reins, man. I mean, it was it was impressive to watch. I I wish it would have been capped off with that golazo at the end. You know, I think Dennis said it 3 inches lower three and inches. that's a that's a golazo. Yeah, I mean. That would have been nice. that would have just been the cherry on top. Yeah.
3: I think I agree with you. I think I go with those two. Carioca for this half season and then across the whole way Sebastian for sure.
2: better that's a very difficult question but i'm going to give you an answer for like my player of the year for i guess kind of on and off the field which is not well he did have so many key moments throughout all of 2023 one of my favorites also from leagues cup was when he catches the water bottle he's taunting i don't remember what fans they were but he just catches it yeah that and something else that hasn't really been addressed um Against America, when he gets his red card, aside from the fact that you know, he's still trying to support hiding, uh, before he leaves, he gathers everyone together, and he's still being a leader and trying to give instructions and motivating them to just not give up just yet. And I think, as far as leadership goes, no disrespect to Guilobisadro, but he is the, the number one leader on the team, without a doubt, in my mind. 100%. Lou, any, any uh,
1: last last comment? Well, just tell the fans, don't get down. Uh, we'll be back next season, and I think we'll be back a lot stronger. I think the team's going to look a lot better. I mean, you're keeping all the main pieces, the core, all the leaders. They're all sticking around. Uh, and I think there's going to be one last ride in 2024. Hopefully we can win it. We win it, and then the, the Campeonato Hope is up again. Uh, I think we've done a really good job of, like, freshening up the squad. To me, that was important because I think we, you know, as much as we, we hate Herrera for saying we were getting old, you know, there was some truth behind it. We are getting older, and we needed to freshen up the squad. So bringing Herrera, bringing Lightness, bringing Flores, all these guys has helped out a ton. And if we can get up, make a good run next, season, next year with, you know, Conca and everything else going on, then I think we can transition into 2025 and just keep it going. You know, even if some of our our veterans kind of have to retire, whatever it is that happens to them, we are going to make a smooth transition. And I think that's really important as an organization.
0: And most importantly, just having a natural transition, right? Like not having to be pushed out because of a new coach, you know, uh, injuries, it's just like a combination of like, like I mentioned, strategic, approach to every game that we're playing cuz every game that we're going to be playing in 2024 is going to matter. We have not more trophies to fight for possibly um you know and we have got to make sure that we we win them and or at least have the highest attempt to win them. And so I think that Tigres will continue to do that like we've all talked about it and you know Carioca said it best. They're going to come back stronger. I mean, you know, I think that the motivation is going to be there especially with the concacaf coming up i think that the shift of you know being the last you know games of some of these guys careers i think that the shift my focus to the importance of the the concacaf and getting back to a club world cup especially the club world cup in 2025 where we're going to have faced teams like bayern chelsea real madrid barcelona you know the the big tournament that's going to happen in the in the americas before uh, the 2026 world cup and i think that that's amazing exposure for Tigres so I think that as an institution I think that the shift is going to be played towards that and I think or geared towards that and I think that we'll see it with some of the additions like Brunetta I mean the best player in the league to come to the 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 best team in 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 the season last season and then being in the championship that's kind of hard to beat as a as a club and you know possibly adding more players and willing to let go of players like Loroña, and Fulgencio already, and possibly Quiñones, just shows that like there's probably more additions and great additions to come
3: as we head into next year, just something that I want to bring up real quick. I think it's super important, and I think we saw a little bit of it on Sunday that Ciboldi kind of you know loosens up a little bit as far as like squad utilization and rotation goes. You could tell on Sunday, or I know we already mentioned it, but you could tell some of the guys are tired. And if you think about it, this year's been long. Like, two straight long league runs. Had, like, three weeks off before uh, Campeon de Campeones in L.A. Played, like, two league games, three league games. Flew out to the West Coast and then to Canada for League's Cup. Then flew down to Houston. You know, like, there's been a lot of miles both uh, on the field and, you know, in the air and on buses and all that. And these guys really haven't had, like, more than a month off or more than three weeks off a of break this whole entire calendar year. And so I think it's really vital that Sivoldi does give a little bit of rotation, you know, here and there, especially in league. I don't think you should do it in Conca because Conca, the way it's structured, like, you have to bring out your best 11 or your strongest team every single time. Um, because it's not group stage anymore we're we're entering into a knockout uh phase and that Vancouver team we played them in league cup and they were not the easiest team so can't be doing that in in Conca, but in league let's see what uh what Fierro can do let's see what Ordóñez can do let's see what if Boratas is around Flores, I assume he's yeah. going to be yeah you know Florida's like we need to see more of that and just to like not only preserve the, the legs of guys like Carioca, Guignac, Pizarro, everybody, but just to like see what else is, is out there and just, you know, test the waters. Because I think that the mileage is starting to show a little bit more than than you would want to, to see. And in order to really like have a strong run again, if we're, we're talking about 2024 being a big year and having the best possible chance of winning the league again and winning Conca, we need to have the legs to do it. Um, and so I really hope that in the league, especially we see a lot of like different lineup changes and maybe that brings us down to standings a little bit, but I'd rather see that, you know, than the same 11 every single week and the guys get burned out by the time the quarters or the semis of CONCACAF comes around or by the end of the season. And then the, we can't move on because we don't have the energy, you know? So I'd like to see that because Everybody plays too much football nowadays, just across the world. And I don't mm-hmm. want us to be, like, you know, held captive by that either.
0: Do you know who was the squad that had the most lineup changes in the Mexican League? Was it us? They just won the championship.
3: It was America because all the injuries they had, right?
0: Even without the injuries, Jardine rotated like so many other players. If you go back and look at their uh, their games – you know, some games, Quinonez started up top. Obviously, the injuries kind of helped with that uh, as far as selection. But the back line, uh, you know, changed. The midfield changed. The the, the forwards changed. So, I, you know, even at the end when – what's the player that got that Gallardo injured? Is it Brian Rodriguez, I think? Yeah. yeah. He was yeah, getting yeah. a lot of minutes. And so, I mean, his injury made his selection towards the end a lot easier. So, I think – you're right. I think that we have to move forward. And I think the best coaches in the world do that. You know, all the Champions League team in Europe have stacked benches and they're able to play and plug in Champions League and league games um, based according to the opponent and, you know, the the mileage that the players have during the season.
1: Yeah, and especially against the bottom of the standings teams, right? So, I mean, you, there's no reason why you can't play some some of your subs, your bench against like Mazatlan and, or as Edgar likes to call them, Mazapan and and, you know, the, the Juarez's of the, of the world.
2: Yeah, there's no reason Marcelo Flores should be on the bench against those teams. And honestly, we should start looking at Arturo Delgado as well. Throw him in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lastly, just before we go, uh, we touched on Champions League. And obviously, you mentioned the Dennis. We opened up against Vancouver. We've already played them, And then we have a similar route again. We played Vancouver. We played in the League's Cup. If we advance, obviously, we would have played Orlando after that. I was kind of bummed about that because we talked about it so much with these those fellas. And the crybabies,
1: too. A bunch of crybabies.
0: The social media, <laughs> like, uh, crying. And I was like, oh, my God, we're really going to give these guys a rematch. So we got to put some goals on them so we can completely shut that conversation, you know, a year later off. And then it gets kind of interesting, you know, we, we could play, you know, Columbus Crew, St. Louis, um, Houston, obviously, um, and then possibly after that, Monterrey again, and then Miami, you know, even a possible scenario. So it would be pretty cool to see Lionel Messi at El Volcan and really experience uh, a close to a similar South American experience besides his national team
1: experiences.
3: Yeah, if we'd we, we love make, to be
1: Rayados, uh, Miami would be nice.
3: Yeah, if we make semis, we have three great options. Like it would be a Clasico Regio semi. You'd play Messi, Busquets, Alba, now uh Luis Suarez. Or you play a Nashville team who has the one of the best players in MLS in Honey Mukhtar, and they have a, a very strong roster. I mean, they took uh they played Miami in the leagues cup final. Uh, in the mm-hmm. summer. And so and that's coming off potentially playing Columbus Crew who just won the MLS in the quarters and they're very, very good. And they're very good at home. And they have one of the best coaches, I think, in our region. And so very interesting path. Uh if we especially if you get that far. I don't know who would play on uh, like if we got to the final. I, I don't know who who's on the other side. It's too it's complicated not... at this moment. Yeah. But like let's go for it, man. Like Let's get let's get past the the teams that we already know how to be. We do have look. a favorable route to it though. Yeah, let's let's get after it.
0: Especially if if we, you know, beat Vancouver, beat Orlando, and then we could possibly play Houston as a home game and then another home game in uh Monterrey. So I mean, I if went we played
1: in... Houston, that's like almost guaranteed invasion right there. Oh, absolutely, bro. Absolutely.
0: 2019 I went in when they played against each other and I mean, we outnumber them and that was four years ago, close to five now. Um, But yeah, just wanted to mention that um, we'll see what the Amazonas also have in in store for us. I think that it's also time to renovate some of that squad and make some additions, especially in the midfield. I think Sully Mercado shut me up. I think they don't win the championship without her and coming in and controlling that midfield. Um, But I think it's time for like Elizondo, Nancy Antonio, um, even Ofelia Solis, you know, especially you got the six-three, nineteen-year-old, um, as a backup to Cecilia. I think that you know maybe the foreign players. It's time to you know just call their loss. They were in good additions and bring in some real talent so we can uh, fight for another championship there as well.
1: There's rumors of a South African coming. I can't remember her name though, but uh, they're they're working on some. Some good signings as well on that end.
3: Too bad we can't get better. Yeah.
1: 1.5 mil. Congrats to her, man. Yeah, Th- That that's is awesome. huge. Big
0: money. Very,
3: very I
1: was man. very proud of her, man. Amazing.
0: All right, fellas. Looks like we come to a stop here. Um, looking forward to next time we meet. We'll definitely uh I'm gonna get some uh interviews going and meet some of the people that i plan planned to interview from uh, different parts of the country and actually different parts of the world. There's a guy in Belgium that I want um, to interview. this fan out there. So, uh, yeah, any uh, any guys that you meet that we want to get on the pod, let's do it. Um, everybody that's listening, Lou is going to be making a thread soon here about jerseys. Hopefully we can get him into shows, you know, and uh, <laughs> do it live on, mm-hmm. on, on a pod or a YouTube video.
2: Oh man, Lou on hey, Twitch. Dad,
1: dad. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Yeah, I'm excited, bro. I I
0: hear you're like the 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 guy that has all the jerseys now, because the other guy Eric sold all his jerseys. So
1: I know, man. I was so disappointed with Eric, man. He had such an awesome collection, man.
0: My best bet is that you got the best collection now. So we want to make sure it show us what you got, because man, there's some jerseys that I'm going to Monterrey in a few days, and I'm that's what I'm gonna be doing for Facebook Marketplace. I'm gonna be hunting for those jerseys I don't have yeah man so all right fellas thank you for taking the time and we'll definitely be back and thank you everybody for tuning in Merry take care Christmas. everybody happy holidays happy
2: holidays everybody see you guys soon